Welcome back to Meaningless Problems, the short story podcast with me, Doe Wilman. This one is called About Hairdressing. When I said I was writing a play about hairdressing, she didn't miss a beat. She slapped her hand on the table, pointed at me, and said in a husky Polish accent that I'm not going to attempt. Oh, Alvin, you must, you must. No, no, I'm, I'm not going to attempt it. She said, you must come and interview me in the salon. I looked at my wife and Natalia's husband and they were both smiling and nodding. Oh yeah, I said. It hadn't even occurred to me. It bloody well had occurred to me. For years I've longed to find a way to get Natalia alone. I would have asked her to cut my hair, but the salon's an hour from ours and I'm completely bald, so that would hardly be... But she is, I mean, she is. I can't... I can't even... I'm not going to go into details, that would be disrespectful, but she, I mean, she is, you know, she's... The dreams I've had about, which which I won't describe here, but you know, I mean, she really... (laughs) At our wedding, she was shivering in the third row of pews, wearing this gold miniskirt in the middle of January, rocking back and forth, convulsing with the cold. I pretended it was because she was unable to cope with seeing me betrothed to someone else. Maybe it was. The church wasn't that cold, you know. And whenever we're together, the four of us, the glances she and I exchange as well, you know, it's... You don't need me to... She and Mike had a summer wedding. Her dress was... No, of course, I can't remember it. I was too busy rocking back and forth, convulsing, unable to cope with seeing her betrothed and... No, no, that's not fair. Mike's one of my oldest friends. But he is punching. I mean, I'm punching with Poppy. He put that in his best man's speech. But this, Natalia, he met her at our wedding. She's one of Poppy's friends and he is punching on her. I I mean, if he's a featherweight, she's a... She's a... She's a... She's an angel. You, uh... You think it's a good idea? I said to Poppy in the taxi home. Me going all that way to interview her at her place of work. Picking her brains. Getting inside her... Mind. Of course, said Poppy. Why not? Yes. Yes, you're right. Why not? Why not indeed? It's not like I want to rip off her clothes and, 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 well, I'm, I'm not going to go into details. Anyway, the following Thursday, there I am, knackered from four days of military fitness training, wearing a brand new 200-pound leather jacket, more than all my other items of clothing put together. I ran it over a couple of times with the car to make it look a bit less, you know. My head is skull-shavered to the finest millimetre. I did it before I left, and had a once-over when I was parking up. I've got some Issei Miyake drenched, slightly too liberally perhaps, but it's, 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 it's the aftershave Mike uses, so I thought that would be, for a number of reasons, perhaps a, a, a six pounds for parking. It's ridiculous. I'm so nervous, I stand staring at the salon. Natalia's salon, that's what it's called. Simple but entirely apt, I think you'll agree. Doesn't have a possessive apostrophe, but I I think she's right to do away with it. To liberate herself from such a repressive and 
I stand there with my back pressed up against the tile shop next door so she can't see me. The owner comes out and asks if I'm having a stroke. I don't know what to say. I end up buying some tiles. But I finally go in. Around 5.30, casually half an hour late, I don't apologise. The whole place smells of, well, hairspray and hair hairdressing stuff, you know. You don't need me to... Uh, Alvin, she says. Alvin, I am so exciting to see you. No, no, I won't attempt the, uh, the accent. It's a... Uh, but I... She tells me to take a seat. You like to hang your jacket up? She says. I do. I do. I do not know. I can't because, because the sweat patches on my shirt are, um, well, and they might break the... Uh, but it's so hot, she says. Isn't it? She tells her customer that I'm writing a play. And I realise this customer, this woman, must be late 60s, is practically as bald as I am. A shiny scalp and some white fluffy tufts that, I don't know, it looks like she's been caught in some extremely localised fog or... But Natalia is pruning these ghostly sproutings with a tiny pair of scissors as though it's one of those, um, uh, bonsai thingies. And she's wearing, Natalia, she's wearing these silver sheen leggings and cork platform heels that push up her... Well, you don't need me to tell you what heels do, but, you know, they were doing it, so... And and I think, would she be wearing such a, such a, you know, if it weren't... If I weren't, uh, if she weren't expecting me to... Uh, so there I was, sitting there on the Chesterfield underneath the front window, baking in leather as the sun streamed directly onto me. As Natalia works away with one of those rotating fans blowing behind her, and every time it passes her way, she lifts up onto the tips of her cork platforms, and you can imagine what that... I won't spell it out, but... But I am crossing my legs so tightly it's like a frankfurter in a vice. It's so hot, she says. Stop saying it, my love, my darling, my angel. The bald woman, with the tufts, she says something. And I think it's aimed at me. I look at Natalia and she smiles in this way that's so... I mean, it's... Uh, Alvin, she asking you... No, mustn't do the Polish. About your play. She's asking me about my play. Ah, yes, of course, perfect. That'll dampen things down a bit. This is Alvin Richards, she says... He is one of the best playwrights in the North West Kent area. It's actually Alvin Ricard. But I don't correct her. It doesn't matter. Maybe I'll change it. A play about hairdressing? Says the woman with the foggy tufts. Oh, uh, yes, yes, uh, that's right. So I talk about my ideas. And how the profession of hairdressing lends itself so wonderfully to the, uh, to, to, to high art, to, to high drama. A profession with which we are all familiar, but so few of us understand. And of course, it's not just cutting hair, it's shaping a life, it's, it's, uh, and hair and hair cutting. It's one of the main things that separates us from the animals, you know. 
we're the only species, aren't we? Who get our hair cut, so, so, so. Yeah, that's the generalum. And what do you do? What's your line of work? I'm a dog groomer. After about half an hour, and God knows how long this groomer was here before I showed up, but Natalia toddles off in her cork platforms and sheen silver leggings. And I know she knows I'm watching her. And she returns in one of those circular mirrors that let you see the back of your head and this bald, aged dog groomer beams at the sight of the downy fluff on her pasty, wrinkled old neck. Then Natalia takes her to the sink, rotates her hand in the water until it's just right, and then squirts some shampoo onto her palm and lathers up both of her hands dripping with suds and massages this scalp and, you know... I probably shouldn't find this part attractive. She towel dries the woman's head, then blow dries, then towel dries again, then gets out the mirror and shows her how it looks now that her scalp's been wetted and then dried, and again she beams. Then the woman gets up, puts on her rain mac, and from the right-hand pocket pulls out and puts on her blonde wig. She sits back down. Natalia gives her another go with a mirror. And she takes out 50 pounds in cash. Bless you, Natalia, she says. I feel brand new. A tip here for male writers. Don't attempt to understand women. Just describe what they do. Finally, it's the two of us alone. So then, Alvin, she says, switching the sign on the door to closed. Shall we? Yes, yes, I think we shall. And she proceeds to take me around for the next two hours, telling me what all the equipment does, talking about dyes and blow dries and how they've got tanning beds out the back, and it's very, um, ah, I don't take notes. At one point, she shows me a picture of her she's got up on the wall in a wetsuit, holding a spear gun, and I mean, I will, I can't possibly. The sun's gone down by the time we take a seat on the Chesterfield, the two of us, and it's not a very large Chesterfield. And I feel it's dark enough for me to take off my jacket without revealing the sweat patches. But it's hard to tell, I'm not wearing my glasses, so I can barely, uh, but she's close enough to, I ask her to talk about the strains, the difficulties of the job. What's the worst customer she's ever had to deal with? What's the biggest mistake she's ever made? What's the toughest season for the trade? And I'm sure she gives me some answers. Those lips, those teeth, that smile, her scent. I won't go into details. Mike, she says. He wearing the same cologne. Oh, I say. What a coincidence. <laughs> At least he won't get suspicious if he smells it on you. I'm not sure if I say that last bit out loud. But she puts her hand on my knee and asks if I'd like a glass of wine. I tell her I've got a bottle in my bag. She stares into my eyes and says I thought you might. It's got a cork in it. 
and she doesn't have a bottle opener. Oh dear, I say. If only someone knew a trick. And so I do that thing where you put it in your shoe and bang it against the wall. And she says, you're so strong. Doesn't work though, so she has to yank the cork out with a hairpin. And I say I feel so much more comfortable without my shoes on. And she says she quite agrees. So I get on my knees and undo the copper clasps of her cork platforms and delicately slip them off, allowing my fingers to dwell slightly too long on the soles of her feet. When I get back to the sofa, I sit much, much closer to her, and every now and then I shift my foot so it touches hers and I say, Oh, sorry. Then she does the same and oh, sorry's too. She asks some more about the play. So I tell her the hairdresser is beautiful and strong-willed and confident. A woman who knows what she wants. What does she want, Alvin? She wants, she wants, she wants to, to have the best salon in Erith. Is that right? I don't know, Natalia. Who knows what's right and what's wrong when you're a... A beautiful, ah, uh, poly-Lithuanian li- li- hairdresser trying to make a name for yourself in the northwest Kent area. And what happened to her, this hairdresser? She gets it. She get? She get what? She gets what she wants, everything she wants. But there must be some complications. Oh, there are, there are. Her husband. Her husband? Oh, yes. She doesn't want to upset him. Upset him? Why would... Does he have a salon in Erith too? Yeah, exactly. That's it. And I'm pretty sure he's gay. Oh my. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, so, so, so she finds out. Now, 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 Nadia finds out. She finds out and she sets out for revenge to eclipse his status as Erith's uh, greatest and, uh, and... And what happened? She does it. She does? She does. She does. How? How? How does she eclipse her gay, salon-owning husband? Yeah, um, oh, uh, the beds, the tanning beds in the back, that's her, that's her secret, you see. He doesn't understand tanning because, because, because he's mentally retarded. Oh, oh no. Gay and mentally retarded? It's not easy for, uh, for, Nata- for, for Nadia. The tanning beds in the back, just like mine? Shall we go and have a look at them? She leans over me to pull the blinds, and I press my hands against their hips for support. She steps back, stands before me, takes my hand, checks the front door is locked, and guides me to the beds at the back. And the things she did, the way she, and the, I wish I were, I wish I were one of those writers who could tell you about this sort of, who could talk about women in a, in a well, in a derogatory kind of a, one of those chauvinistic writers who can, without any qualms, describe in detail the nature of her, of her, and the way she, with her, I mean it was, it was. 
but I can't. I can't do it. I won't. Too much respect for the opposite sex, that's the trouble. I can't give you the details of how she took control and ordered me around and how she told me to take off my clothes and get on the bed and... Uh, it must have lasted for five or six minutes. A level two. That's what I went for in the end. She warned me off the higher levels as it was my first time, but you know, it was full body. It had specific lamps for your arms and face. It was hot, but not as hot as when I was baking in the window earlier. I said that to her, and she laughed. I said it was important for me to try one of the beds out, you know, if I was going to understand the character. Made perfect sense to her. No, it was quite obvious that she had no intention of anything. You know, no interest in me on a sexual... Uh, and that's fine. She's my friend's wife and my wife's friend and it was only ever an infatuation. And so there we are. My afternoon with Natalia. And it was... Well, it was... It wasn't everything I could ever have. But no, it was... And now it's out of my system, it is. I can finally move on with my life. I can drop this silliness and I can be a better husband to, um, to, uh, to Poppy and a better friend to Mike. I can stop spending all this time imagining, dreaming of, and I'll never again have to watch her warming up the water, putting her soapy hands into the tufts of white hair. And look, the conversation was hardly, the attraction was purely on a, you know how it is. I think ever since I met her, I've... But even if she wanted to, I don't think I'd have... No, of course I wouldn't have. You know? Now... Now I can get on. I can... I feel better, you know? I can move on with my life. And I am. I feel great. I feel renewed. I feel better than I've felt in years. Poppy said she's never seen me in such a good mood. She's a bit confused by my cue, but you know, it's great. It's wonderful. It's exactly how I... If I'm honest, it's exactly how I... It all went perfectly. There is just one... Minor problem. I've got to write a fucking play about hairdressing. That was About Hairdressing. Thank you for listening. And thank you in particular to Katie Empett and Ross Hindle. They've been uh, listening to these episodes in advance and giving me their thoughts. And um, I wasn't quite sure about doing this one, but they were both adamant that I should. So if you didn't like it, you know who to blame. Um, and while you're here, if you wouldn't mind leaving a five-star review on your podcast app, that would be great. It helps uh, get it out to more people and in the podcast world reviews are a lot like they are on uber to give something five stars you don't need to have had the ride of your life you just need to uh to not have crashed basically so a five star review would be great and thank you again and i'll see you here next time for another meaningless problem